Hello and welcome to the Society for Healthcare Strategy and Market Development's interview series on innovation and disruption. We're interviewing some of the leaders in our field that are bringing practical ideas that have immediate impact. We're going to be talking about topics such as the future of work, innovation and disruption, scaling change, and engaging patients and providers in new ways. We have a series of interviews and we hope that you enjoy them. My name is Craig Allen Ahrens and I'm your host. I'm a managing director with Anchor Consulting, and today we're interviewing Dr. Garof Dayel, who is president of New Markets and chief growth officer at ChinMed. And we're going to be focusing the conversation around how ChinMed is innovative and disrupting the industry by segmenting the patient population and focusing on low-income to moderate-income seniors in the Medicare population, taking on full risk as a primary care provider. It's engaging patients in a different way and it's an innovative model with providers. What does this mean to you as a strategic and marketing leader? It means that when you do a consumer or physician segmentation of your market, you've identified a new way to explore that may enhance the quality of care, lower the cost, and differentiate your healthcare system versus your competitors. So we hope you enjoy the show. Well, first of all, Craig, thanks for having me on. Um, it's a pleasure, and um, I know it's, you have a broad audience. So I'm really excited to talk about ChinMed with uh, with you and your audience. Great. So let, let's dive a little bit deeper with ChinMed. So tell us about what value it creates. Say if you have a the, the payer partner, um, what value, you mentioned a little bit about the value to the patient, um, and which is most important but also the value to, say, a provider if they choose to partner with you. What's different about your model versus traditional ways of taking care of that population? Yeah, so let me just give a quick backdrop on ChenMed. We were founded over 30 years ago um, and are a family-run business. Um, Our vision is to be America's leading primary care provider and transforming care of the neediest populations. So we really take this seriously, and we – we, we say this very aspirationally, but we are truly determined to become uh, the leading primi- primary care group in this country. Uh, what uh, makes us different is a few things. A is our hyper-focus on low to moderate income seniors, and um, we only focus on the senior population and to your earlier point around Medicare and Medicare Advantage specifically. Our business basically model is around going to uh, underserved areas, setting up really nice, you know, clinics uh, are usually around 15,000 square feet, putting in amazing docs and really, really giving VIP level uh, service for free to these patients. Uh, what we do, what our, what's different about our model is a few things. One is our doctors see very few patients. So to put in perspective, the average primary care physician in this country has a panel size of well over 2,000 patients. Our company currently is running on a panel size of about 330 patients per doctor. So every doctor basically only has 330 patients. So the expectation is that they need, they know those patients. Uh, they are able to establish a very trusting relationship with those patients. And the patients call them first before calling a specialist, before going to the emergency room, before going to urgent care. What's also very unique about us is that we see patients very frequently. On average, we see our patients uh, about once a month. Um, and we see them for about uh, around 190 minutes uh, a year. 
you'll be surprised to know that the average Medicare patient is seeing a provi- uh, their primary care doctor about 12 to 15 minutes a year. Now, these are sick patients with complex medical conditions, and to expect that, you know, a 15-minute visit with a primary care doctor is going to solve that is is unreasonable. We get that, and what we do is basically we provide lots of hands-on care and a lot of services surrounding that care. So, for example, we pick up and drop off our patients. We have our own transportation system. We'll pick up the patient um, at their convenience. We provide medications on site, all generic medications on site. Um, we also provide certain specialty services like cardiology on site. And in, for the specialists that we cannot uh, provide on site, we fully take the responsibility for uh, making sure that the patient has an appointment before they leave and transportation before they leave for a specialist visit. We also do a lot of fun activities um, uh, like Silver Sneakers, which is you know an exercise program for seniors, Tai Chi, uh, and other social events uh, in our clinics. So as it relates to working with payers, we're a fully capitated uh, group. So uh, our typical market uh, entry is to work with payers uh, who then basically subcapitate us against their Medicare Advantage premium. Um, payers like that for a few reasons. One is uh, that they fully uh, are able to move the risk from them to us, and we and we perform against that. The second is, as you may know, Medicare Advantage is a risk-adjusted premium. Many of the patients we're seeing are have not been seen uh by primary care doctors in the past. They're using emergency rooms as their, uh, as their uh, primary care uh, centers. Um, so when we see those patients, we're able to significantly uh, lower their total cost of care and at the same time uh, make sure that all of the risks uh, and medical conditions they have are appropriately documented, which then leads to higher premium and higher reimbursement appropriately for those patients um, to the insurance plan. So the insurance plans like like that because they get both an advantage on the premium side as well as on the cost containment side. Uh, our average patient, just to put in perspective, is in their mid-70s with five to six chronic conditions, um, and many of them have not been served well by the healthcare system in the past, so they have a pretty high disease burden. When we look at how Medicare Advantage works, it's exactly meant for that, to make sure that we're fully taking accountability for our patients, keeping them out of the hospital, but at the same time, having a sustainable business model that pays us uh, enough to take care of these patients. Okay. So you did a great job of illuminating on the payer side of the equation, and you touched on a couple things on the patient I'd like to dive deeper into, and we'll get into the provider if you don't mind. Um, on patient side, um, you mentioned transportation. You mentioned are you rooted to a higher standard of care and more engagement with the patient. So from a care model perspective, um, it sounds almost like a Marcus Welby model where you have, a, have somebody that gets to know someone, you know, going back to way back in the 1950s, uh, Marcus Welby, somebody visiting your house, someone that knows you. Um, what data, what, what, what other tools and care models and structures are, exist to, to really manage that patient? Because you're talking about lower and mid-level seniors who may or may not have family that, that, don't have transportation, how do you establish and plant a flag in a community that, with people who have never had that before? How do you motivate them to stick with you in, in those first engagements when you, when you enter a market? 
That's a really good question, and uh, it's funny that you bring up Marcus Wally because that's exactly how we describe uh, our care model uh, externally because people can relate to that. So just stepping back, if you look at the U.S. healthcare system, especially as it relates to chronic disease, the challenge isn't one of technology, right? Um, we have, you know, managing diseases like CHF, diabetes, obesity, depression, which are fairly common in the senior population. There's plenty of science, medication, uh, everything is there. It's really more of an access issue and a delivery issue. And so in some ways, we, we take a very simple approach to this, that seeing a patient, developing a trusting relationship with the patient, then enables you to really impact their care. Look, if I'm seeing a patient once a year for 15 minutes, and then next time they come, it's, they're seeing my nurse practitioner, and the following time they come, they're seeing somebody else, they are never going to view me as their true primary care provider. What at ChenMed we're doing is saying we are selling a trusting relationship to the patient with a doctor. Over time, that, that becomes a strong bond so that when that patient has medical issues, they think of us first. They think of their doctor first. They think of their care provider team first and really think of them as a partner in bettering their health and keeping them healthy. No senior citizen wants to be in the hospital. Nobody wants to be in the hospital. Everybody wants to be home, and everybody wants to be healthy. And what we really focus on is working with our seniors to, uh, to convince them that this is a better system. And it does take time. You're absolutely right. But then also to sell to them better health, which everybody wants, and is a for a lot of people. So as we uh, look at new markets, so, for example, we entered Philadelphia um, last week, um, and we're opening four centers there. When we did uh, market studies there, the most recurrent theme that came out from patients who we surveyed uh, was that they didn't believe that this is possible, that what's the catch? There was a constant, you know, what's the catch here? There is no catch. Um, why, pe why patients are skeptical is because we are actually providing something that they've never seen before. Um, and what happens usually is we build, we're, so we've op we opened a center in, North Philly um, last week. This, even while before we opened it, uh, I, I was there just checking out the real estate and the, uh, the sort of uh, finishing touches of the center. I was approached probably by a half a dozen people while I was unlocking the door asking, hey, when are you opening? Uh, what, are, what are you guys going to be doing here? So I think what happens is there's really a groundswell of after we open. People walk in. They see these beautiful centers in fairly depressed parts of the city. Um, they see doctors and staff who are at their service, who are polite, who are well-trained, um, and they see basically a center that's focused around their needs and at their convenience, not what they've expected in the healthcare system where everything is around the, uh, the system's convenience and the doctor's convenience. Um, and once they see that, they believe it, and they tell their friends, they tell their families, they tell their community, um, and it really is, you know, a groundswell approach where we 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 don't do like lots of fancy TV advertising and things like that. We basically have our patients be our our, our ambassadors to the community. Um, but to your point, I think there is uh, a lack of knowledge about such models as Chen Med, and it does take some time, but it works. You know, in in cities such as New Orleans, where we've um, been for about uh, four years now, we were. We literally started with scratch, and we're, you know, approaching 10,000 patients. Um, Tampa, we opened last year, uh, and we have well over 3,000 patients now. So uh, I think we've consistently shown now in seven states 
uh, across the country that there is a huge demand for service like this um, and that if we do our job, the patients will uh, will come. That's great. And so what's interesting, I want to key in on a couple different things that you talked about, if you don't mind. Um, access and convenience, which are kind of buzzwords and have been buzzwords now for the last few years in um, overall healthcare um, as a differentiation tactic. Um, if I'm a healthcare system and you come into my market, okay, and you say, hey, I can do this cheaper, better, and I can give greater access for a portion of the population. Some healthcare systems would probably be like, go at it, have, have that business. We have access issues overall. Or they may view you as a threat or some combination therein. Or they may try to partner with you instead of just having a traditional payer relationship. I'm doing scenarios in my head. Am I capturing some scenarios that, that if I were a healthcare CEO, CSO, or or someone listening to this uh, webcast, that those are the, the option items in my head and that I would go through? What, what's been your experience in, in dealing with providers and how you betray yourself with the health systems that are in that ecosystem where you enter? Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is uh, exactly those categories of responses we get. Um, and often uh, those three responses in the same healthcare system, right? Um, Look, ultimately, I think hospital systems do want to do the right thing for patients. Um, several of them are struggling right now with the fact that, you know, are they a value-based provider or a fee-for-service provider? And, look, I've, uh, my background is from the hospital side, so I understand that struggle. Um, what I see on a day-to-day -day basis is that there is a huge, huge, huge interest in doing the right thing for patients, providing timely care, providing high-quality care, um, the, the struggle that we face with um, integrated delivery systems and hospital systems is how does this work for their current business model? And depending on where they are, they view us differently. So for folks who truly embrace, you know, value-based care, um, we're sort of a no-brainer. We're a good plug-and-play part of that component. For folks who are more on the fee-for-service spectrum, um, we are um, not apologetic in saying that, look, ultimately – for us to be, our success is defined by a significant reduction in hospitalizations and, and unnecessary hospitalizations. Um, and in most markets, we do see about a 30% reduction, and which is not surprising because if you look at sort of national studies, uh, about a third of you know healthcare is thought to be waste, right? We also focus on the fact that the hospital is not the safest place to be for patients, especially if they don't need to be there. There's in our vulnerable populations of seniors, there's a risk of hospital acquired infections. There's obviously readmission issues, um, and there's procedures that happen that are not always needed. So our partnership with healthcare systems is really, I'd say, if there was one uh, question I ask always, is what is your strategy? Now, it sounds like a very simple question, but many healthcare systems are struggling with answering that. Are you, um, are you looking at the moment to maximize fee-for-service revenue? If that's the case, we probably aren't the best partner. Are you somewhere on the value transition uh, of moving towards value-based care and population health? In that case, we may be a great enablement uh, and partner uh, in that journey. And finally, if you're fully on the value-based care side, Maybe you're doing great and you don't need uh, to partner with a system such as ours. So it really depends on where they are. What I do think is that 
as look, Medicare Advantage pretty much is, in some ways, if you think about it, is the largest payer in the country, right? Because Medicare is the largest group of insured people, and Medicare Advantage is about a third of that. So from a capitation perspective, it is the biggest opportunity for uh, uh, insurers. And you're seeing that with a lot of insurance companies entering it. You're also seeing a lot of providers enter the space, right? You're seeing providers uh, co-brand or on their own jump into the MA space, where they struggle with is the ability to manage that risk. And I think we can play a very significant role in that because we know how to put this playbook together and we've done it, you know, for over 30 years. Um, a lot really depends on where the, you know, the healthcare system's leadership's bent is in terms of how, um, how committed they are to this, because I'll be frank in the short term, it, it does lead to significant lowering of hospitalizations. On the other hand, as we Chen Med get bigger in markets, we get to, you know, 10, 20, 30 patients in a market. We want to work with like-minded hospital systems who, who see our perspective on value-based care, better care, appropriate utilization. And we are actually a great source of referrals because our patients are old and sick. They do need hospitals. Hospitals are needed, right? They need hip surgeries. They need bypass, they they have cancer, uh, things happen to them. And we love working with like-minded providers who are doing the right thing for patients and are financially successful at doing that. Right. So when I'm speaking with individuals about patient populations and dividing up patient populations to focus on them from a clinic perspective, you know, many employed medical groups by providers, you know, it's a mixed bag. One moment you're seeing this 75-year-old senior with multiple comorbidities. The next moment you're seeing a 25-year-old uh, that comes through the door. And a lot of physicians like that um, mm-hmm. model. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but talk about that a bit because I think it's a, a differentiator that makes you more su- successful than, say, your traditional employed medical group on part of the healthcare system. I totally agree, and you raise a very good point. Um, it is managing high-risk patients is very difficult. Um, They are sick. um, They need a lot of time. They need attention. And they often, especially in our case, there's social determinants that really also have a significant impact. These things are not going to be resolved in a typical 15-minute clinical visit. We view what we do to be almost like a subspecialty. We specialize in low or moderate-income seniors with chronic medical conditions. I think it's the, and and trust me, we have a lot of room for improvement on, in what we do too. We haven't perfected this. We perseverate every day on you know how we can be doing things better, how we can improve access, how we can improve care, how we can reduce hospitalizations, and that's when we're fully focused just on this one thing every single day, every waking minute of the day. So I think it's unreasonable to expect that. Um, a doc, to your point, who's seeing, you know, literally uh, an ankle sprain uh, and then in a 32-year-old runner and then the next patient's an 87-year-old with seven medical conditions who was just discharged from the hospital with CHF is going to be able to specialize to the same extent uh, uh, it, it is not possible. When you layer on the fact that that same physician probably has a panel size of 23, 2,400 patients, and is maybe seeing these chronic patients once a year, once every, or only as needed, uh, uh, it, it's not really preventive care. It's really 
reactionary care. So we truly do believe to be successful, you have to manage this group of patients um, as a subset of, uh, of your senior population and a subset of your adult population and not commingle. Um, and that is why we also, you know, look, we set up clinics everywhere. There's nothing prevents us from seeing, you know, younger people as well or commercial people, uh, commercial patients and taking a risk on them. We just think it's too dilutional to our model. It's very, very difficult for our physicians to keep flipping the switch between um, high chronicity patients who require very hands-on care and low chronicity. Um, and to your point, it's not for everybody, um, but this is what we focus on. And in our case, we believe it's the, it's the way to ensure the best possible outcomes for seniors. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to share your comments at craig.arens, that's A-H-R-E-N-S, at Ankara. A-N-K-U-R-A dot com.